Hey, Sanctus Church, so glad that you are joining us today. You might be watching online on Site 5. You might be listening to this later in the week on demand. You might be listening to this as a podcast, or maybe you're watching me right now in one of our physical locations. No matter who you are, where you're from, we welcome you today. Now, first, to, to the many of you that have been in our church for decades, Steeple Hill, Crothers Creek, C4 Sanctus Church, to others of you that have been with us for years, to you that have joined in the last 18 plus months online during COVID, to the others of you that it's only been weeks, we together form this church family in this moment and in this generation. And once again, I either need to remind you or help you understand that there are two overarching things that have deep influence, huge influence over us. And we call them common faithfulness and unique calling. Acts chapter 2 is the most famous and fundamental description of what we would call common faithfulness. This is what every single church must look like, no matter ethnic makeup or size or denomination or, or background. It's the first church's experience. It's the blueprint for every single church on earth. Let me read Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to, and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved daily. So here's the common faithfulness, teaching, community, communion, prayer, the presence of God, giving, loving the poor, large worship gatherings, small gatherings, baptisms, evangelism. Every single church is called to do this. Side note, by the way, for today, group launch is happening today. And you can get into a group today so other people can get to know you. They can find out where you are spiritually and reach out when things are tough. And I just want to encourage you, don't miss this Connect Small a common faithfulness experience. Okay, there's another part of common faithfulness and they're found in Jesus's last words. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, all ethno groups, all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's common faithfulness. But beyond common faithfulness, sometimes out of holy listening comes God-given vision. We've come to believe here at Sanctus, Jesus sometimes speaks uniquely to congregations and to movements. Like in the book of Revelation, Jesus spoke to Sardis and Philadelphia and Smyrna and Ephesus, the churches meeting there. The scriptures are full of leaders being issued God-given assignments. The same mission is assigned to all, but specific callings or visions are usually given to leaders. Moses, I command you to do this. Paul, do that. Philip, go there. When we were fasting and praying, the Spirit said... In these moments, as always, and I want to say this, if God speaks, if God speaks, this should become the inception point for dynamic vision of each local church. But this implies being open, using spiritual disciplines like Jesus did to, to listen and actually empowering people in spiritual gifts so we know what's from, from God, what's human, what's demonic, what's psychological, what's being invented. So mission, common faithfulness, Acts 2, Matthew 28, our common faithfulness, and never change in any environment. But visions, notice, are God-given for a season, and then they will be replaced by new ones. They have a shelf life. Strategies support the vision in a season, and they can always be changed during that time. Now, does this mean that God will always speak? No. Many, many times God does not speak. Now, of course, He's always speaking through the Bible, 
but he doesn't always want to speak a unique vision. And much of the time, common faithfulness is the only ongoing call from heaven for a local church. But to keep in step with the Spirit, we need to see if there's an ongoing or a specific call. Now, of course, if a vision is given, it needs to be in alignment with the biblical narrative, orthodox theology. But here's why vision is beautiful for a church. Vision draw lines of size, emphasis, and calling. They make leaders and others say more no's, not here, than yeses. And visions actually force communities to join or leave. And visions with plans don't allow vacuums, presuppositions, wonderings, and they even prevent a possible civil war in a church because expectations have not been worked out. Now, our God-given assignment, our God-given vision here at Sanctus is to become a regional church of 10,000, meeting the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of people in Jesus' name. Now, we didn't just choose 10,000 out of the air. Oh, I want to be big. I want to be famous. Let's be a big church like in... No, 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 no. Actually, it was given in a prayer moment, unexpectedly. It was tested over years through three elders boards to even see if God had really spoken that, and he did. But God didn't just give us a specific number that helps us envision. Notice it's holistic, and notice it's also in Jesus' name. We're not running a social club. But there's more. Many verses have been given over and over again to our church post-vision. Now, I want to do a quick overview today. These are not all the promises and all the promptings, but here are the key ones. The very first promise that we were given happened with me first, very unexpectedly, and then tested beyond myself, was God said, I'm going to do a new thing in this church. And I was told, open 2 Chronicles 5. And I didn't even know what that was. And I opened it, and it's when Solomon dedicated the temple. 2 Chronicles 5.1, when all the work Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things of his father David that he had dedicated, silver, gold, all the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of God's temple. Verse 4, when all the elders of Israel arrived, the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting. That's Moses' tabernacle, and all the sacred furnishings in it, and the Levitical priests carried them up. And then it says at the end, the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. The priests could not perform the service because of the cloud. The glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. So this is an amazing moment in history, but applied to us. God said, I'm about to move in a very unusual way here in this local church. His cloud, which is the Holy Spirit, is about to lighten upon us for a period of time, and we're going to be overwhelmed. Now, there are two key things you need to see. Number one, the people came with expectation to worship. And second, and most important, is all that was good and all that was godly that had been used to worship God in the time of Moses and the time of David are inserted into the new work and, and into the new place. Now, years ago, when I finished reading this, what I heard was Steeple Hill and Crothers Creek, the short form was C4, will be inserted in the new thing I'm about to do. Now, never forget, <coughs> both of those things are good and godly, but now a new work has begun. Now, I think we have slowly seen this new work emerge over well, longer than a decade, and it's getting clearer and clearer in focus. We've experienced, by the way, waves of God's overwhelming work in two or three seasons. But one last piece became so clear only in the last few months. Something shocking happened in our church during COVID you don't know about. In 2019, we changed our name to Sanctus, and we were like, that's it. That's the new thing. God's given us this name. We're now Sanctus. But something happened we didn't know about. We actually were not legally Sanctus, even though we were Sanctus. We never lost our incorporation. Don't 
worry about that. Here's what happened. So we went through our lawyers, changed our name, gave it to the government, right? And the government called some of our directors and said, do you know so-and-so? Didn't give context to the person was, but I've never heard of that person. The government didn't tell our directors that that person was the EA for our lawyer. And so they stopped our process of becoming Sanctus Church legally. And halfway through COVID, we found out we were still Crothers Creek Community Church C4 legally. We found out what had happened, wasn't on our end. We reapplied and everything got uh, fixed. Now you're saying, John, why are you telling me this? Okay, ready? The very first day that Samuel, Pastor Sam and I, did our very first vision talk today on a Sunday, at 11.42 or 11.45, we got an email from the government on a Sunday declaring that we were now legally sanctus church. The very day that Samuel and I started co-leading the church publicly together, giving vision is actually the moment we became legally and spiritually the new work. All the work, listen for you who've been with us for a while, all the work from 2005 to today has been preparing for this moment. The new work, everyone, has arrived. So promise. The Spirit of God is going to come in a great way. At the same time we were given 2 Chronicles 5, God immediately said, open up 2 Corinthians 5. In other words, if 2 Chronicles 5 is the picture, then 2 Corinthians 5 is going to be the mark, what it's going to look like, what the marking is. So I opened 2 Corinthians 5, 8. We're confident, I'd say, we'd prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done well in the body, whether good or bad. This is written to Christians. So in other words, as God's presence moves more and more and grows more and more, the Lordship of Jesus is going to grow more and more in this church. The move is marked for marked by a love for Jesus beyond all things. Kingship will be more welcome and accepted. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So, We've been given a promise, and then there's a mark which we have continued to pray back. So we've been praying back these two promises to God in community for years. Send your presence more, Lord. May the Lordship of Jesus grow. But then there was one last promise given and tested in community over a period of time that gave us the picture. So think about it. You've got the promise, the mark, and now this is the picture. The passage given to us from the Lord, again, turns to Zechariah 8. We're like, what's Zechariah 8? Historically, this is when Israel is promised by God that they're going to be restored. And as we read this, we were like, oh my goodness. Now, I'm just going to do a summary of this. Back in September 2018, I think I preached this fully. Zechariah 8.2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I'm very jealous for Jerusalem. I'm burning for jealousy with her. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I'll return to Jerusalem, dwell in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be called the city of truth and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. In other words, this church would be known for two ongoing things, truth and encounter. God's very presence would be found among us. That's true in every Christian church, but it would be found here in a real way, a guaranteed way, a place of encounter, a holy mountain a place of God's presence. People would say, I've met the presence of God in that church. But it wouldn't just be a place where God's presence was found. It'd be a place where God's truth was found. We would be known as a church that loves truth, not ashamed of truth, knows what truth is, and preaches the truth unashamedly. Signs, wonders, grace, truth, word, deed. This is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 4, Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each, with them, each of them with cane in hand because of their age. 
and Jerusalem's streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. Clear as day when this was given. Many generations will and are and will be found in this church. Many children's and teens and young adults and adults. And, and like I preached two years ago, and I want to preach it again, look around. Even now, it has happened. It is happening. It will happen more and more. As society and church splits more generationally, we're seeing the opposite in this church because God is doing a new thing. Verse 20, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Many people and inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another saying, let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many people and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem and seek the Lord Almighty and entreat him. And this was God's promise to us or, or, or uh, what he was going to continue to do for us. This is the picture. And this had begun before COVID and has continued to happen. God said, I'm preparing so many people to meet me through this local church. They're already talking to each other. Many have already come to this church. Many more are on their way. And more and more, not just people, more and more cities will actually be touched. But not just cities, nations, different ethnic groups. The world will start coming and seeing more and more of God in this community. And it's already begun. We see this from our online services. We see this in person from the nations coming first to the GTA and then into our church. We see this from books and podcasts. I'm sure we have around 55 nations already connecting regularly in our church. And lastly, verse 23, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, 10 people will, from all languages and all ethno groups, will take firm hold of one person from Jerusalem by the hand of the robe and say, let us go with you because we've heard God is with you. 10 people will grab the coat of one person from this church, metaphorically, and say, we've heard God is with you, really among you. Bring us to your gatherings. Bring us. We need to meet the God that you have met. This has already started. This has been happening for so many years pre-COVID. It's happened more during COVID as the world has been connecting to us and many across the GTA have connected to us. The story is unfolding literally as I'm speaking to you right now. Now, in the original sermon, there was a lot more to that, but that's the high-level points. So you've got the promise, God's sending His Spirit in a unique way. You've got the mark, the Lordship of Jesus. You've got the picture that God is doing among us. We saw all of this pre-pandemic, it's been growing during the pandemic, and we're excited for what's coming next. Now, why is this so important? Well, number one, our mission and our vision has not been shaken during this terrible ordeal. Many churches are wondering why they exist and what they're going to do, and we're not better. I'm not saying this out of pride, but we have been given clear mandates from the Lord, and COVID has not threatened it, not once. But there's one last thing I want to share. Beyond mission and vision and common faithfulness and promises, but one last thing we've been preaching probably since 2018 is this. What should our church feel like? What would it look like on the ground? In other words, here's a way to say it. Uh, you could say this is the flavor of our church. And the flavor that we're fighting for, praying for, and want is found in Acts chapter 12, verse 26. It reads like this. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Acts 13.1, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Niger, uh, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So you got prophets and teachers, word gifts and power gifts, strong teaching and situational prompting of the Spirit are all seen. Convergence, that's what we call it. But so much more is going on. I want you to stop again and see the revolu revolutionary power of what the gospel has done. You've got Jews and Greeks and Romans actually doing church together for one year. Unheard of. 
unheard of. And beyond Saul and Barnabas, look at the list. As Simon, I've done this before, Simon called Niger. This is a Latin title, Niger, because of his skin color. He's African. Lucius is a common Roman name, but Cyrene is in modern Libya. He's North African, most likely Arab. And then Mannion, who grew up and was the foster brother of Herod. This is the Herod from the Christmas story, the one the wise men hung out with, the one that murdered all the babies, the one that John the Baptist, he cut off his head. This is his foster brother, his best friend growing up, and he's now a follower of Jesus. Here's my point. People from all backgrounds, Jews, non-Jews, Africans, North Africans, Romans, Greek, the list goes on. God, through the work of Jesus, through through Jesus the Son, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, are bringing people that would never, ever be together societally, let alone religiously, let alone ethnically. They're brought together now to the throne of God to worship in spirit and truth. This is what we must continue to fight for. Let me just again remind you, declare what the end picture of time is, what the church will look like in eternity, the thing that lasts. Revelation 7, 9, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no person could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. Since this is what forever will look like, We have to work very hard in the now for the not yet to show up here. That's why we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it already is, what? In heaven. We have prayed for years that the nations would come because we know strategically if Toronto is touched, every nation on earth is touched. And amazingly, in the last five, six years, the nations have come to Sanctus. But like I've said in the last year, how do we move from multiculturalism and attendance to multiculturalism more in experience? We have a long way to go, but we have taken serious steps. If you remember in January, we outlined how we were going to work very intentionally in growing and moving our church to embrace multiculturalism. And one way we did that is we started with our staff and our elders working through cultural intelligence CQ is a globally recognized way of assessing and improving effectiveness in culturally diverse situations. It's rooted in rigorous academic research conducted in more than 100 nations, and CQ gives any person from any ethnic background, no one's above anyone else, actually it's a great leveler. It gives us the ability to relate effectively with people from a different cultural background, and it goes way beyond the notions of cultural sensitivity or awareness. Now, I'm excited to say that our staff have done their CQ training. The elders are about to start their process next, and we're working on finding a mini version for every volunteer at every site. We also continue to address this issue biblically from the scriptures when we walk through Philemon together. And by the way, if you were with us or you were not, I'd ask the whole church to go back and listen to that again, to work through race and racism and how we actually work this out biblically, not socially, biblically. Even our volunteer handbooks were updated to deal with racism in serving contexts. And the most exciting thing is, and you haven't seen this yet just because we've been hiring so many new staff as we're opening up, in a very organic, remember I talked about this last January, in a very organic, sovereign way, almost all of our new staff are from different parts of the world or have their roots there. It's just God is answering our prayers. Well, Acts 13 too, well, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Now, worshiping has real punch here. 
The word in the Greek version of the Old Testament is exclusively or almost exclusively used for priests and Levites in the Jewish temple. And so notice the radical nature of this. You've got Jews and non-Jews equal together, fasting together, praying together, being taught together, speaking in utterances of the Holy Spirit together, and it is now considered priestly worship to the living God in the church, which is the new temple. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit speaks the will of the head of the church, Jesus. Through the gift of New Testament prophecy, the Holy Spirit tells this local church that Barnabas and Saul, the two most eminent, two most gifted leaders in this local church, your two best thinkers, your two best preachers, your most two most anointed people are called to leave. Notice when the prompting takes place. During prayer and fasting. Sanctus, let me do this again. We say this all the time. Spiritual gifts are the only ongoing guaranteed place to serve from. And spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines are the guaranteed place of meeting with God. They're the vehicles to walk with God after you meet him through Jesus. Spiritual disciplines become the ongoing place where we're transformed, where we're changed, but they also clear the ground and provide the space so we can hear, get permission, and keep in step with the Spirit. Let me just say this, as Jesus modeled, he was led exclusively by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus himself used spiritual gifts to minister and spiritual disciplines to listen, so local churches are called to be in the same place and the same posture as Jesus himself. And by the way, if you are new with us and you come from another church background, we really want to encourage you to get our book called Convergence. That outlines us in depth. This is what makes our church tick. This is the different flavor than others. And we really want to encourage you to do that. So Antioch overall is our archetype or flavor. So let me put it like this. We pray back to God, 2 Chronicles 5 and 2 Corinthians 5 and Zechariah 8. And if you pair Acts 2 with Acts 13, you'll begin to see and feel and understand what Sanctus is becoming week by week. Strong teaching a place of influence for the kingdom in its own region and beyond it, spiritual disciplines, mutual submission, strong leadership, growing in cultural diversity, all the spiritual gifts being affirmed and being used, sensitivity to the Spirit's leading, prompting leading to good planning, the staying and going of leaders as God moves. By the way, I just want to say that again. If we're in this space, leaders are going to come and go all the time because the Holy Spirit's going to keep reassigning. This is the type of church God is calling us to be. This is our God-given flavor, rooted in the calling of God the Father, rooted in the work of Jesus, rooted in the power of the Spirit. Now, lots of you are saying, why are you sharing this with us again? Well, first, we need to be reminded of what we are and where we're going. Why? Because vision leaks. The busyness of life and all the fear and COVID protocols and the world. Vision. Second, we need this picture vividly painted again for everyone who's new and everyone who's not because of where we're about to go. So you're going to say, okay, John, well, all right, I've either heard that or I haven't. How do I respond? Here's how you respond. And by the way, uh, please don't go get a coffee if you're listening to this online at this moment. I'd love everyone to take these down. Could you write this down? First of all, this church needs faith. God's going to do what he said. So you say, what do I do this week? Here's what you do. Number one, pray the promise. Second Chronicles 5, God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to lighten in a very wild way on Sanctus Church. Pray the promise. Two, pray the marking. I pray for the Lordship of Jesus to grow in my life and in the church. 
Pray the pitcher. Pull out Zechariah. Ask for the old to attend more and the young to attend more. Pray for all the nations to keep coming. Pray that will be marked by truth. Pray will be marked as a holy mountain. Pray for his unique presence. Pray for his sovereign action. Pray for global influence. Pray the promise. Pray the marking. Pray the picture. And then pray for the flavor. Pray for Acts 12. Pray for coming and going and spiritual disciplines and spiritual gifts and multicultural... Pray it. Why do we need to pray for these things? Because they're the will of God. You can't name and claim most things, but you can, you can name and claim the asking of the Holy Spirit to come and to bring the Lordship of Jesus and actually to bring the world to himself and pray for Revelation 7 in the now. Oh, he'll answer that. We need to pray for these things because they're hard. We need to pray for these things because they're unnatural. We need to pray for these things because they're difficult. We need to pray for God's help because actually some of us don't want this to happen, but we know we should. Pray the promise this week, pray the marking, pray the picture, pray the flavor. Here's the second thing. I don't know if you know this. This is the first time today in our history that we're worshiping in five locations. Today, right now as I'm speaking. This is the first time, one virtual site and four local sites, this is happening right now. And we're so excited Bowmanville and Pickering and Ajax and Port Perry and then online. But there's something you can do to help us. As we're reestablishing all five sites, one of the most important things you can do is tell us what site you're connected to. To help us prepare and staff at all of our sites to actually be effective, we need to know if something shifted for you. So last Wednesday, we sent out an email with a link to tell us where you're planning on joining us. Please take a moment to click the link and fill out the form so we can plan accordingly during COVID and after. And by the way, if you're not in our database, even you can reach out through social or an email and say, hey, listen, I'm going or I'm planning to go to the Ajax site, the Pickering site, all of that. So would you take the time to pray those grand prayers? Tell us what site you're at, make the link. And here's the third thing I'm gonna end with. The new moments are here this Wednesday, for example, Alpha starts. Who have you invited? So exciting. But actually, the last thing I want to say is there's another unexpected moment that's happened during COVID. I want to talk to you about Site 6. I want to talk to you about Markham Stouffville. Now, you might know and plan to, it's very clear that we are working towards opening, uh, long-term, even beyond plan to, 10 locations. Uh, North York, downtown Toronto, Lower Oakville, Lindsay Peterborough, over in Port Hope, but also one of them is going to be in Markham Stouffville. We had an amazing moment during COVID where God did something we weren't expecting. Now, this is transitional, so I want you to lean in and hear this. We've been able to secure the Markham Village Church on Unionville on Main Street. Many of you have hung out on Main Street in Unionville for a Sunday morning slot, and we've got space during the week. So what we want to do is we're announcing that this is going to become the beginning of a new location. And the first phase of this is going to take the form of a house site. Now, let me just help you understand this so we can get expectations right and move forward. Number one, we've been working hard over the summer to mobilize house sites, and we framed it in three different ways. A house site can be a pandemic re-entry for those less comfortable with large gatherings. They can meet in a home. It's not a connect group. And sort of watch the service. There's going to be in the future permanent house sites in areas we won't have local gatherings or like local sites. But then third of all, there's going to be temporary central locations that lead up to a full local site launch. 
And this is a way we're gonna build core community and find out leaders. So here's the announcement today. It's our goal to begin on Sunday, November 12th, 11th, to meet in this church building in Unionville. And it's gonna be mostly video-based at the beginning. And it's sort of the third version of a house site. The goal is to start building community and teams of people. And then we're planning to launch a full local site in the Markham Stouffville area somewhere in late 2022. It could be sooner than that. Uh, we'll have to see as things evolve and all sorts of other things. Now, again, lots of you have registered. You're already in the Markham area, the Stouffville area, and even sort of Uxbridge, depending on, you can go to Port Perrier this way, depending on where you live, North Scarborough. But if you are in that area and you just want to tell us, hey, listen, I'm there, you can just send an email to housesites at sanctuschurch.com and say, I need more information about the coming Stouffville Markham location. This is such an amazing moment, everyone. God's with us. We have a God-given mission that every local church has. We have a God-given vision. We have promises we get to pray back. We're fighting to be countercultural and yet relevant. We're reestablishing these five locations. We've just announced the sixth, and we're preparing to move forward. So wherever you might be today, could we just take a moment and could we pray? God, we're not a better, than, better church than any other church. We're not more special. We're not more blessed. We're just one of your people, just one of your kids. But you've spoken to us, and we want to keep in step. So number one, we as a church pray 2 Chronicles 5. Father and Son, send the Holy Spirit to overwhelm your church. Overwhelm us with your holiness. Overwhelm us with your love. Overwhelm us. Number two, we pray for the Lordship of Jesus in our thinking, in our theology, in sex, money, power, relationships. Lord, the Lordship of Jesus and our wants, our desires, our dreams, our expectations. Uh, third of all, Lord, we pray for Zachariah, young and old, a place of truth. We pray for the presence of God, encounter in our church. We pray for the nations to come. We pray for the thousands of people who are going to take the hem of one of our people and say, I've got to come with you and meet the living God. That has happened. We're so thankful for all of that, but may it be so much more now in Jesus' name. And Lord, lastly, we pray for Acts 12. We pray that we would be Revelation 7 before Revelation 7 takes place. We pray, God, for more leaders. We pray for prompting and planning and all the spiritual gifts. Would you just do this? We take a moment to pray that you would reestablish Ajax and reestablish Bowmanville, reestablish Pickering, uh, reestablish uh, Port Perry. Continue to grow the online community. And we pray that you'd begin to clear paths and begin to really build another gospel-centered community in the Stouffville, Markham area. And we know we're not the only church there. There's amazing churches there. Pour out your spirit on them. But you've assigned us there, so would you begin to do that? Give us courage, give us faith, give us love for each other, and do the impossible during COVID and as we walk out of it. We pray this together as one church family in the name of God the Father who's called us together and whose will is going to be done. In the name of Jesus who prays for us, who is our Savior and Lord and is fighting for us. In the name of the Holy Spirit who gives us the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and hope of resurrection. We pray this together, all together, and said in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.